This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, July 6, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. Now that Greece has rejected a Brussels-designed fiscal plan, next steps for Greece, the Eurozone, the IMF, and Greece's creditors are less than clear. Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute, says the austerity Greece has undertaken so far has left the public sector relatively untouched. The stakes of this vote were really about the credibility of the Greek government. You know, did they have the support of the general population? Uh, was the population ready to move forward and, and essentially cut a deal with the rest of the EU? Or did the population essentially want the government to, to, to tougher negotiations to try to get a better deal for Greece? Um, certainly some small part of the population might have seen this as a vote for leaving the EU. But by and large, most of the Greek population wants to stay in. And this really is about the terms of you know, whether they're willing to concede or not on the terms of the bailout. The EU as a monetary union is deciding what to do. The IMF is deciding what to do. What are the options available to those units? And uh, what do you call this period? So we really are in a period of reflection by the rest of Europe. You know, what to make of the vote, what the reaction should be. Uh, certainly some initial reactions have been you know, along the lines of, well, that's unfortunate and you know, we wish Greece had made the right choice. But you haven't seen, um, well, that's too bad. We're walking away from the table. Really what we're going to see for the beginning of this week, most of this week really, are high-level negotiations on the part of the ECB, the IMF, and the Eurogroup, um, where European leaders outside of Greece are essentially talking to each other what they can live with. You know, should we compromise? Should we take a tougher stand? Um, should we just cut our losses and walk away? And to some extent, you know, none of those is very attractive. Obviously, for instance, uh, when Greece missed its payment to the IMF, this was the this was a really big deal in terms of IMF history. Uh, no country at this level had ever defaulted. Uh, certainly, was not a, not a high point for the IMF. And so, to some extent, you're in this you know kind of period of psychology where the leaders of the EU don't necessarily want to admit to themselves that maybe their strategies have not been working. Maybe they might be better off sort of just writing off the losses to Greece and ending the negotiations in any way. Uh, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think most likely what's going to happen is you're going to see the um, euro leaders come back to the table. Um, they're going to talk tough, but there's going to be some modifications of the deal so that both they and Greece can kind of save face. Creditors have already received a partial bailout. Absolutely. So this is one of the more interesting aspects of this, which is Early on in the crisis, much of the creditors to Greece were private, at least uh, they were mostly the financial system, French, German, uh, but particularly also Greek and Italian banks held lots of Greek debt. And of course, as a side note, their regulators encouraged them to by allowing very loose capital standards for sovereign debt, which is one of the reasons people loaded up on Greek debt. So what we've seen over the last several years is the vast majority of that debt being transferred from the private sector to the IMF and the ECB. So we've already seen um, a private sector bailout of Greek debt, essentially. There were some initial haircuts, so I don't want to say that creditors got completely bailed out, but they largely did get bailed, especially the banks. But over the last two years, a bunch of speculators oh, yeah. decided to get involved in Greek debt thinking, well, certainly uh, the, the, the projected collapse won't occur. So now there is there some pressure from those people to say, hey, we made a bad bet here and we want some money too. You know, that happens every time. Um, you know, you've certainly seen it repeatedly, for instance, with Argentina, you know, and, and we all remember the back and forth in New York courts about whether Argentina should have to pay its hedge fund 
creditors. So certainly there have been some um, hedge fund purchasers of Greek debt who were making a pretty big bet. And of course, for them, you know, they've bought on pennies on the dollar or you know, pennies on the euro, if we should, should say. Um, and so for them, they don't even need a full payoff. You know, if you've bought something for 10 cents on the dollar and you get paid 50 cents on the dollar, that's still a pretty big win. So the argument for many of these institutions is to try to get some sort of payout. Obviously, the more the better. Um, my experience has been watching this play out in other contexts, such as Argentina, is that there's almost very little official sympathy for hedge funds that go out and buy distressed sovereign debt. So they may well benefit as a side um, implication of this, but they're not going to have a lot of leverage in terms of political negotiations. Well, that is one piece of good news. <laughs> With respect to what pressure Greece and the EU can uh, exert against each other, what are the what are the next what are the next big decision points to make? So of course the next couple of weeks we're gonna have a lot of negotiations, but the big decision points, I mean the one to really keep an eye on is July twentieth when the loan to the ECB comes up for renewal and there's gonna be some debate about should the ECB continue to extend lending facilities to Greek banks and the Greek government? Should the ECB stay at the current level? Should the ECB just cut, you know, cut, cut Greece off? Um, obviously, we've already seen over in recent days and recent weeks massive disruptions to the Greek banking system. Uh, and so this has been, you know, on top of the tax increases that have been austerity for the private sector, you've really seen this collapse of the banking system that has thrown this country into a recession that's even deeper than the 1920s, 30s recession we had here in the States. So much of what the ECB support has been directed at is how do you try to support the banking system from further collapse? And so this is really what's keeping it on life support. So, you know, we've seen these restrictions, for instance, on how much cash you could pull out of ATMs. Well, if the ECB decides to essentially cut off the Greek bets, you know, that's just it. I mean, you, you forget getting any cash out of ATMs. I mean, you really are going to see further shrinkage in the economy. And so in some sense, what Greece is doing is saying, you know, it's kind of like um, the guy who takes himself hostage and puts a gun to his own head. <laughs> Give me money or I'll shoot. And you've really seen this, to me, incredible willingness on the part of the Greek government to inflict so much pain upon the Greek population as a leveraging tool. Um, now, of course, they've also done a wonderful job at convincing the Greek population that it's the rest of Europe who's inflicting the pain, this pain on them. Um, but so if the ECB decides to cut off Greek banks, that really is going to plunge the economy in the further uh, depression. Um, certainly some commenters have said that that will spell exit. Well, not necessarily. So the problem here is that there is no legal pathway for the rest of the EU to throw Greece out, nor for Greece to leave voluntarily. So you do need you, – you are stuck together. It's the old analogy about being in a, in a canoe with a bear. Um, and again, how do you find a way out of this is the tough question. Um, and so to me, I think what's the reality is we're, I think we're going to see a couple more years of continued muddle where Greece will probably continue to be in recession for the next several years. Um, certainly the bank runs will end at some point and I think they're going to end over the next couple of weeks because at, at, at some point you've, you've gotten what you need to get out of your own money or what you can get out of the banking system. They come up with some sort of fix. Um, it's much more important for Greece to stay in the good graces of the ECB than it is for the IMF. The IMF has no – I mean essentially what the IMF would do is throw you out of the IMF. So it's not as if they can come and 
you know, collect and, you know, foreclose on Greek isles, you know. So their, their ability to kind of do much of anything is limited, which is why, of course, the Greeks blew through the IMF. But, of course, it's important for the IMF for credibility. You know, if Greece can do this, then every single loan the IMF ever makes in the future is just questionable. You know, the borrower can always walk away. And so if you don't see this commitment to honoring these obligations, then the whole villain of the IMF unravels. Two related questions. One, this issue of no path to exit from uh, the EU, or I should say the ECB unit, um, was something that was discussed at the creation of the EU as, as you know, this kind of harms your credibility if you don't have this, this exit. And does this, what's happening in Greece right now, make people reconsider a little bit uh, whether or not banks should get special benefits for holding sovereign debt. Well, so if from a bank regulatory perspective, the treatment of sovereign debt, and let's keep in mind that the risk weighting for sovereign debt under, under Basel II was zero. I mean, you could hold Greek debt infinitely leveraged, no capital against it. And so part of the problems why we're here today because of the banking system is the banking system loaded up on Greek debt. Now, I should also note that a part of the bigger concern, because let's keep in mind that Greece is only about 2% of, of euro-wide GDP, the bigger concern is what happens to Italy. Italy is the third largest sovereign debt market in the world, much bigger part of um, the EU economy. And it's not quite Greece, but it's not in good shape either. So one of the concerns, and this is really a big driver for the negotiations going at the EU level, is not only what's the re our relationship via Greece, but what are the precedents we're setting potentially for Italy, Spain, Portugal, or anybody else who finds himself in this position in the future. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. Read more of his work at Cato.org.